and good morning everybody we are in Turku and here we start the Tripcast summer tour so our first guest of this week is a startup entrepreneur who does not consider himself to be a startup entrepreneur <laughs> but basically I was recommended to talk to you Jonas because you're doing a podcast so hello colleague hello please tell our listeners a few things about yourself for sure of course uh, first of all thank you for having me here and thank you for coming to our office. I know it must must not have been easy to carry all this stuff. So thank you. So a couple of things about myself. I would consider myself an sort of an entrepreneur these days, a gamer and a good person. I would start with those three. So if you want, I can open up upon those thesis is a bit so let's start with the kind of entrepreneur because we talked about a little bit before we started this one name yes my name is Jonas Korkas that's a good point I always forget that because you know we do so much podcasts so I'm just like yeah 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 whatever everybody should know me and yeah so my company is called Identio and like we talked about before I don't consider myself a startup entrepreneur I'm kind of entrepreneur because in my eyes we're only like five people Okay, we're billing quite a lot. Uh, well, quite a lot. It depends on the perspective. But we're doing really well right now. But I still like five people. It's still like, I consider it not being an entrepreneur yet. I don't know why. It's, it's just me, you know? Like, I can't explain it. It's probably like when I have 50 employees, then I'll consider myself a true entrepreneur, quote unquote. I don't know where that stems from. I think I've been just reading too much LinkedIn or something where where solopreneurs or, you know, people that are doing like solo stuff or calling themselves entrepreneurs and I don't want to associate myself with that because reasons i don't know so yeah that's my entrepreneurial background so to say uh, we can go more in depth about that later um so other thing was gamer so i've always loved games since i was a little one i think i have my brother to thank for it since he introduced me to blizzard games actually those were my favorite games and they still are so i've been playing since warcraft 2 starcraft warcraft 3 i was actually pretty damn good at warcraft 3 i was play i played at the assembly LAN event didn't quite win i think i was fifth or fourth in the finland scene so for i think for 12 year old me that was pretty good i would say a little humble brag right here so anyways from there on i continued playing other games uh warhammer is a big favorite of mine these days it's pretty much world of warcraft or fallout skyrim a little bit here or there and and world of warcraft just announced a new patch so i've been playing that a bit in short, Blizzard games have always been a big, you know, hit for me. I always loved them, have been playing them since I was a little kid. Thirdly, a good person. I would say I'm a kind person. Like, I, I'm empathetic. This is, again, a bit of a humble brag. But I always like other people to, you know, to have a good time, to be comfortable with themselves, no matter the situation. Uh, that's why I give quite, quite easily, like, salary raises. I always take care of the employees. I want them to have, you know, the best stuff. For example, if we send a consultant to some place, we always get the best hotels for them, uh, pay them really good for those kinds of things. So, I mean, some would call me a people pleaser, but I see no, no, nothing bad with that. I like to take care of my employees. I think they are the reason why I will become successful if I do become successful. So, like, I take care of them and they'll take care of the business and me. Right. And basically, your business is taking care about other companies. Exactly. So, what we're doing is we're, do we're doing software development for other companies. Uh, we're part of, like, big teams right now. So, there might be, for example, 20 developers in a project and we have two developers there. So, they're working in part of, like, a bigger group. Uh, they're usually quite big projects uh, from government usually so we had we have to subcontract those since we cannot bid for those big projects just yet uh, since we're quite small and they have really big requirements for themselves for the projects you know in order to start bidding for it pretty much all of the projects are in Helsinki 
So one was actually in Tampere. So shout out to Tampere. Really like the place. I, this might actually sound quite crazy to some people as a guy from Turku. He's saying Tampere is great. That might be causing some confusion. But I like Tampere. I like Helsinki. I like everybody. So it's not a big deal. So yeah, we're doing software development, like I mentioned, consulting, more or less. Our background is in software development companies. So it was a natural, you know, to start doing this pretty much. Though you don't really consider yourself successful yet, <laughs> uh, I know that you have been highly praised during Chip Festival in 2015. A few words about that, please. Sure, of course. So 2015 was like, the turning point I would say if I can give if I can build a bit more context for that we were part of the startup journey 2015 accelerator program back then uh, we did uh, a web application that identifies dyslexia so that was our project which we which we pitched which we built during the startup project we actually started it from a school project in 2014 so and it continued to startup journey okay so we were in startup journey middle way there was this pitch competition in Kotka I think it was first time organized in 2015 so everybody was quite hyped about that so we went there it was actually two we had to go two times there when it was first organized because we had to pitch ourselves into it first in order to pitch in the final. So we had we had to travel two times to Kotka. I mean it's a four hour drive, okay, it's nothing it's not that bad, but still. So first we got in top three when we first went there. And I think the biggest turning point in that case was that there were other students from like Alto Iliopisto, you know these big shot schools, you know, which supposedly create very successful people and we kinda didn't know our value and at that point so we were kinda like, oh, how are we gonna do against those? Like those are the Those are the best of the best, you know. So I was like, I don't say scared, but I was like a bit skeptical of myself. But we honed the pitch really perfectly. And we did that. We pitched in the Kotka, Kotka Market Square. It was raining. It was like apocalypse. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> but so pretty much we did that. And yeah, we pitched there. There were 10 other teams, uh, three from Turku. Uh, we managed to win that. In retrospect, I would say that we kind of had an unfair advantage per se because our project was you know for the greater good again because we were like building a web application that identifies dyslexia other people were building like the tinder for finding jobs smart hard hats and you know those kinds of like cool cool to have stuff but nothing like you would say would be would save the world yes exactly we were like the cliche saving the world type of thing and we actually did really well So we won that, and I think that was like the turning point. Like then we started understanding, hey, maybe we can actually do this. Actually, we might actually, you know, have something in us, you know, in that in that kind of stuff. So yeah, we won the, you know, the Alto Iliopisto University guys and gals, and so that gave us quite a lot of confidence, and we got a quite a lot, of, quite a big of a boost in Turku. No pun intended, because we were in boost, you know. So we got quite a big of a boost in in our, you know, reputation and whatnot. And um, actually, funny story, just to sidetrack a bit. When we won the pitch captain competition, after that, Sami got a job from Vardin because of that. <laughs> so that was actually quite funny. I think it was like his mother heard, you know, told her colleague or something who was connected with one of the founders of Vardin. And they were like, hey, yeah, we want you to come to our job. So actually, that was actually pretty cool. Like, I don't think we would have got into a radar without winning it. So that's pretty much it. I think, like I said, I always consider that as the turning point. Since we built the confidence, we saw that we can actually win, you know. I think that's big. And here I can make a small spoiler for our listeners, because Kotka and Ship Festival are officially included in the Tribecast Summer Tour. Look forward to that episode. That would be fun. 
So yeah, now we know a bit about Kotka and your story there. So the product is non-existent now. Yes, we debunked that. I can tell you the story behind that. Uh, basically, so we won the startup journey after that too, spoiler alert, together with another team, of course. I think it was Belightful who makes these beautiful butterfly nectar things. So anyways, um, after that, we kind of continued doing it part-time, but we're still, I mean, during all this, we were, sti- we were working a full week. So we had day jobs while we were doing this. So we continued with our day jobs. And you know how these kinds of side projects become when you have a full-time job. We had a thesis to write. You know, life gets over. So we kind of slowed down a bit. And then one of the founders actually left to Canada after for looking for love, so to say. So shout out to Kimmo. He knows if he's listening. So yeah, that was like one, minus one already. And then, well, you know, day-to-day job just took over us. And little by little, we lost the motivation. I think it, could actually tell more a bit like why we went to startup journey why we went to you know ship pitch festival we wanted to show that we can win that was the only thing like and we kind of by accident stumbled upon the project and we, we were really hyped to do it but you know the market wasn't that big and we kind of just lost motivation which is unfortunate but what can you do like i'm gonna say it out loud like we lost motivation we debunked that and we started doing consulting and part-time billing while we were doing our main jobs day job so to say so we kind of shifted from the product to consulting i did some social media for a couple of companies sami continued to build some other companies too because he's a good programmer and this is the story of the startup part of your entrepreneurship and now let's talk a bit about the podcast you have here the podcast you hold isn't finished so all i could understand that it is existing we have one episode in english actually oh okay i haven't <laughs> found that one Jonas, what do you talk about in your podcast that's a great question we follow the principles of if you know gary vaynerchuk we do document over creation so we just document our journey the podcast is about our journey of becoming of building the company if you could say it in one word. Of course, we've had some offshoots, for example, Meet Turun Itetalot, which translates to meet the local IT companies here in Turku. So we're doing that kind of a show, like we interview other IT companies here in Turku. We have some interviews from exciting persons, very good persons, you know. For example, we had uh, the CEO of Vardin, here actually i went there anyways so well basically 90 i think 85 percent of it is like yeah just documenting our journey pretty much so we sit down we tell what's been happening what's on our minds like for example if we closed uh one million project which we did over four years so we just to clarify so we didn't get one million dollars in our bank account so we just tell like hey this is how we did it um this is why you know this is how i do sales please use the tips if you want to that's pretty much it Like we do have another offshoot too. So there's like the the main thing is like I said, we document our journey of becoming entrepreneurs or being entrepreneurs, however you want to interpret that, and you know, what we learn during our journey. And then there are some offshoots, like I told you. One offshoot is like after work with Veli Pekka, he's from Shift. So I mean we get this crazy idea, so we just pretty much just stock out you know, push content out all the time. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> It definitely did. And for our listeners, I can remind that we had an interview with Velipek Vittanen from Shift Business Festival a few episodes ago. So you can check on that as well. So as a person who started a startup and then kind of collapsed it because of loss of motivation or whatever, how do you see the startup ecosystem of Finland of nowadays? And do you think it's worth starting a startup now? Or is it better just to have a more safe job? 
It depends on the person. Like I would say that if you're under 20 or 20 slash 22 or something, you can take the risk. Just go ahead. Um, about the startup ecosystem in Finland, unfortunately, I have been following it since 2016. So my all of my experiences are based on those. Um, what I would say about that, well, Finland is a small country. So it provides some opportunities and it provides quite a lot of like negative sides. Since it's a small country, you kind of have to think global immediately for the big markets. So I think that's a problem-ish in the startup economy. And quite a lot of like people want to build something big, but they're not entrepreneurs really. Like I encourage people to try if you have the itch to, you know, to try it. For example, we had the itch to try, so we went and tried. If you have the itch, Please go ahead, try, be big risk, especially if you're 20 years old or 18 or, you know, young like we are. Please go ahead, try, try it out. But if you want to build a startup because it's hyped right now, don't do it. If everybody's telling you to build a startup and you kind of don't even want to build a startup, like don't do it. Get a job. I mean, you might have the urge to build it later. I think the culture and economy, I mean, the culture pretty much puts entrepreneurship on a pedestal right now. So it's a good and a bad thing. For example, the people who should never be entrepreneurs, they're going to try to be entrepreneurs. They'll raise some money and then they'll just flop it. And that has some consequences also. Like, can you deal with failure? If you if you fail a company, if you fail with a company, it's public. It's out there. Everybody knows you failed. Can you stomach that? So I think that would be my answer to the question. Like, if you have a niche, yes, go for it. Please take a big of a risk as you can if you're in your early 20s or something like that. If you don't and you feel like forcing it, don't do it. Just get a job or something. But do something that just makes you happy, pretty much. That's my answer to the question. Thank you very much for this interview, Jonas. Now we know what is behind doing a startup and when should you stop doing it. And I'll try to search for the episode of your podcast in English. Or maybe you'll make one more episode in English for people like me. For sure. We will do that, actually. <laughs> right. Thank you very much for this interview. And now we're getting further to other guests of our Turku episode of Tribecast Summer Tour. Thank you. We have one more guest this week. And now we're going to talk about how big corporations and big companies can be friendly towards startup world. So, hello, Jani. Hello. Avant. First, please tell our listeners a few things about yourself. Hi, I'm uh, Jani Rusi, currently working in Nordea, in startup and growth unit here in Turku. My background is actually in sports. I've been swimming for about 20 years, about 10 years in national team, in five international uh, competitions, European Championships, World Cups, uh, since last time, 2012 when I had a shoulder injury and I had to quit swimming professionally. One week after the operation, they had to operate the shoulder to get it better. So a few weeks when all the drugs were not affecting anymore, I started my first company called Vivo Visions. I did coaching, uh, mentoring about health issues and how business professionals could be more fit and, and more profitable at the work. Then I have background also in startups for about four or five years. I've been a co-founder in, in a few startups. Both somehow had to do something with sports. I have done like exits on those, but they were not very successful. So that's why I work in, in Nordea nowadays. I've been here September uh, two years and I'm still learning the, all the bureaucracy and how the big corporation works, but, but I have my freedom as well. As I can see and our listeners cannot see, 
on your t-shirts it's Nordia Startup and Growth. So could you please tell a few things about your department? Yeah, so the Startup and Growth Unit is, uh, is located in Helsinki. There are currently, I think, 13 professionals working there. Me and my colleague Kim are here in Turku and, and we have also colleagues in Tampere. I don't know what they are doing at the moment, so I have to take over on their places a little bit. Also Jyväskylä and Oulu. And then, of course, because Norda is a Nordic bank, so we have colleagues in, in Stockholm, uh, Oslo and Copenhagen as well. So we, we work Nordically at the moment. And, and our unit the focus is mainly on, on startup and growth companies. So we are not very clear about the meaning of startup. So it can be different kind of growth companies who are actually willing to grow and mainly international. Right. But what do you actually do? I consider myself as, as a middleman or a matchmaking partner. And as a bank, I think Nordea wants to be the key partner for the company. So we want to focus on, on helping the companies in, in many ways. And of course, because I have my own background in startups and in company life and also in sports, so I can bring a little bit from there as well. If you look what my normal week looks like, When I started two years ago, I made a deal with my boss that if my friends call me a banker, I will quit. And if they lock me to my desk here at the office, I will quit. So that are the two main aspects on my work, that I don't have to stay at the office and I don't want to be considered as an average banker, that I want to use all those advantages that I have gained in my previous life. So I mainly work with the customers And I try to help them how to get financing, how to get uh, investors, how to make the numbers look right and how to actually make, help them to get sales and help them to get the right network to get uh, more international contacts and so on. So there's, there are many things that I do. Since we got what, let's get to the why question. Why Nordia considers it's important to cooperate with startups and small companies? Well, no one knows which one is the next big thing in Finland. And Let's be straight. What's the next Nokia? Yeah, no one knows that. But we want to help people to grow their businesses and their ideas. And we want people to think Nordia as a business partner for the startups. So that's why we have the whole unit that we can focus on that because the business is very different from what the bank is normally dealing with. Like if you have had a company for 20 years and we can go and look back how it's been doing and, and we can make a forecast. But for startups, you can do zero turnover for two first years and then you can go straight away to the millions if you do do it properly and if you have the idea that you can just scale up just like that it's very different area and that's why we wanted to get those people to focus only on on those things we don't have any luggage for money that we can just give startups we have to follow the rules we have to follow the european rules and and the finnish rules about the banking life and the industry it sort of makes it a little bit tricky. So there are a few things that when I meet a customer for the first time, I tell them that I want them to be really honest with the bank because I think before some of them has sort of thought that the bank is against them. But I want to feel them that I'm always on their side. So if, if it looks like that they are going down and they are going down fast, we have to do something before they are too deep that the bank cannot help them anymore. If they have lost their own equity, there are rules that we cannot actually 
help them that much with the loaning, especially with the loans at that point. We can try to help them in some other ways, but we try to sort of prevent those things happening that when they see that, okay, we didn't get the sales that we expected or, or it takes a little bit longer to get the money in, we do something already before it starts to be a problem. Okay, sounds like a beautiful idea. What's your criteria for eligibility for a startup? Some basics. No, we don't have that many criteria. We want to work with all those companies and all those uh, co-founders and founders and, and people who are in, in the startup life and in the, in the growth companies who are interested in growing and who are interested to ask help and who are also listening. If we tell them something and they don't listen what we say, it sort of frustrates us because, well, we are just working here. So we don't get the reward as the same way than the, than the owners of the companies get. We want to help those people who are willing to listen and willing to act and change their ways a little bit if there is something that they can do better. So this is our weekly advice from Nordia. Want to get some money? First learn to listen. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. But also really know where the customers are, know where the money is coming from. I think my first boss, when I was hired here, was he had a very good idea that he told me that even though if the customer comes in with a, with a bag of gold as a guarantee for the loan, we don't want to get the gold. We want to help the company to grow. We have to see how they can pay back the loan. Even if the owner is willing to put his own house or apartment or anything like that on backing up the loan with that, we don't want that because we want the companies to succeed and we want them to be able to pay off the loan eventually. We can modify it on the way. There are many good players like Finvera and Business Finland who help on the way as well, but we want them to succeed. So we don't want the bag of gold if the company has that. We want them to succeed and that's why we also have to look through the business plan and where the money is going to come from. Since you have experience both as a startup entrepreneur and a bank worker who works with startups, how would you define a successful business idea? Like when you look through the plan and when, or when someone tells you the idea, how do you understand, okay, this is a scale-up and this should be thought through? I think I normally start with why, why they are doing it. Why would a customer pay? Because when we had our own startup, we didn't really think about everything at the beginning too much. And we didn't have the right answers at the, at the right, of course, at the beginning. I think too many people, especially in Finland and maybe in Nordics and, and nowadays, because there's a startup fuss, I think. People are starting a company. They are building something that is nice to have. I think the key is why are you doing it and why would somebody pay for it? And what are they willing to pay for it? So if, if they have, they should have a proof, even though if they don't have any sales, they should show me a study that, okay, these people are willing to pay this much if we solve this problem for them. And it's this, this much value for them. That's only, of course, the first part, because you can always ask me, how much are you willing to pay for that? And I can say, yeah, I will pay 100 euros. And then when you come back with me, with the same solution that you asked, I might not be willing to pay that much anymore. So the validation is very important. Sometimes we can start with the company, give them a loan, even if they don't have any turnover. But normally what we look for is that they have some, some business, they have proof of concept, and they can show that people are willing to pay for the products. Right. And since we started on the why topic, why should startup turn to Nordea for help and investments instead of going to any other 
investment company place whatever. They should also go to other investment companies because why we, are you better than anyone else? Well, if you are better, we are. We are. I think because I come from a startup life and, and a small company as a small ent- entrepreneur. I think that if I want to work with startups in a bank, Norda is the only place for me. I don't look for what the competitors are doing because uh, Norda is international. We have uh, teams in in all the Nordic countries focusing only on startups. So they're sort of coming there. They know how it works. And we we also have branches in Asia and in London and in the US and everything. So, so Norda is truly an international bank that can actually help those startups grow internationally. And I think that's the, the key key aspect here. And we really want to think how we really want to know how the startups think that's why we have the whole unit in finland and in the nordics to focus only on those companies so i think that's the that's the key why they should come here and of course we have the network we have over 10 million customers in nordia in nordics so so we we also have uh, we can give them the loans we can give them help with their financing uh, also personally but we can also find from our network investors and other partners who they need on the way because there are so big group of customers in in the bank so basically nordia is creating some kind of a network a community for startups as well yeah i for businesses in general yes yes i think we were a matchmaking partner in one event last year and i think that's a really good position for nordia to show around that we are the matchmaking partner in the finance sector of course we can help them to to matchmake in also other um, sectors of business but uh, but especially in the finance we we have the wide network we can help them with also i know that you support some events and festivals yeah i think that uh, what we want to do is give our expertise so if anyone who listens feels like you need help in in, in event or you want a mentor or you want advisors or so, something like that you are free to contact me and ask me to to come to your event that's that's quite easily to arrange even though i'm located here in turku i can operate operate in in almost whole whole finland don't ask for money at the moment that's that's we want to sort of go away from that it, it's more tricky way to to be like just uh, sending money i think because we have the expertise in the area we we want to give that and and we feel that sometimes it's more valuable than the money that can be spended in many many ways still if there is an event looking for financial part can they turn to you and ask for help in yeah sense of connecting with yes like yes we also have this uh, this form in our website in nordia.fi where you can uh, apply for a uh, financial support for for event or uh, or anything that's uh, related to business or you're looking for sponsors or anything so we have this uh, platform on our website where where it's everything is uh, studied in in Helsinki and they decide where we participate and how we participate and uh, i would like to say that the the key issues for the, at the moment are are how the youth in Finland are like learning economics and stuff like that so that's something we use a lot of time and effort on so we have this uh, nuori yrittäjyys project where we participate 
uh, every uh, employer in in Nordea can use 16 hours of their working time to do volunteer work mm -hmm. uh, that that would help the youth um, how they uh, economic skill financing skills 16 hours per per month? year oh okay yes still impressive um, and probably I have one last question since we started talking about events. While I was plugging up the set, um, you told me that you have visited Stream Festival last year. Any feedback from that? Yeah, I like, what the, do you remember? I like the atmosphere. Uh, it was fun. Of course, uh, we didn't have uh, anyone. Oh, we had one other uh, Our uh, head of uh, Startup and Growth Unit, Vesa from Helsinki, was also there. But uh, we were a little bit making fun because our our uh, startup team or no one from Nordia Tampere was actually there. So I had to come all the way from Turku to tell to people in Tampere how the things are done. And, you know, there's this rivalry, rivalry between Turku and Tampere that's been going on for ages. So so that was really fun to to sort of uh, use that uh, as an opening with with few uh, few talks that I had with some uh, some people in there and uh, yeah it it was fun i thought that i think that it's going to be better next time when you do it and i hope to to be able to join again so uh, on behalf of the tribe tampere community i can officially invite you this october to tampere okay thank you very much uh, let's hope that the, the calendar is still uh, open for that day, but we will uh, we will see that it will happen. And if you see me somewhere, you can always you know come and talk with me. I'm open to all the ideas. Uh, I I still have my own company. I'm going to launch a new company after the summer holidays. So I'm very interested in the whole startup life outside what we do in Norda as well, because I think there are many good things happening and and. Uh, and all the big corporation bureaucracy that's happening here, I, I need some side hustle as well. So so I'm into this uh, startup community in many ways, and it's very easy to spot me, especially if I'm if I'm working for Norda. I have the, I have my own hoodie because I cannot uh, fit into the normal ones that we use. So I have this uh, 204.5. That's my growth reference, and that's my height. So we don't need an order stand wherever I go, I understand. Okay. Probably we're a little bit over time, but I still want to ask that and I'll think if I want to leave this question or not. You have an experience of working in a startup and you have an experience of corporate work. What's the difference? Oh, there are so many differences. Give me three. Uh, it was very, very hard for me to start working in big corporate because I've been working like in a startup life or as an entrepreneur. And I was a directing manager for a swimming club before that. So I was like working 24-7. I was always working. And then suddenly you need to work 37.4 hours per week. And then if you do five minute extra, you write that down somewhere and then you get overtime payments or something like that. Or you can get it as a free. Then you have an actual holiday that you can just go. So this year, because I started... Uh, 2017 September I, d I didn't have a very long uh, uh, summer holiday last year but this year I have three weeks three full weeks of summer holiday which I have never done before yeah and sometimes I think it's also a good thing that I haven't learned that I'm only working here that I don't gain anything for doing something extra for the customer but I, I think 
that's sort of that kind of people we need more in a big corporate life that come from uh, small companies, come uh, as former entrepreneurs or still doing side entrepreneurship so that they don't feel like they are only working here. I think my why is here that I want to help those startups to grow. And I don't care if I can do it in, of course, a little bit I care because they pay me not that good salary, though. Norda is not the best salary payer. So we're still recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can record it. Yeah, everyone knows that. So you don't get the best salary here. But so then, of course, not too much overtime work without payments. But for me, it's important to see that the, the customers I help are growing. And if I can help them to get the next step or if it's any good for them, I, I, I get the reward. It's not just the salary that I get from here, but it helps a little bit because there are all that much of bureaucracy. And at that cheerful note, I guess we're done with this interview. Thank you very much, Yanni, for having time for it. Thank you. It was, I had a fun. So now we're at Boost Academy Turku having a talk with Elias and Johanna. Would you please tell our listeners a few things about yourself to start with? Yeah, hi, I'm Elias Avonlahti. I'm the current chairman of Boost Turku. My background is in law and business studies. And at the moment I'm heavily involved in the startup scene in Turku. I'm the chairman of Shift Business Festival, Arru, and also uh, chairman of Boost Turku at the moment. Hmm. So hello also for my behalf. Uh, my name is Johanna Johansson. Also people might know me as a yo-yo. I work at a Sparkup startup uh, community as a comedy manager. I have studied uh, and also, yes, I'm part of a Boost board also. I have studied um, entrepreneurship, uh, social social media marketing, and uh, also I have a license to uh, natural tendencies, which I'm doing as a hobby. So what is Boost? Yeah, Boost is an uh, entrepreneurship society for students and researchers so what we are trying to do is grow more entrepreneurship out of turku universities and then help of course in their journey as startup entrepreneurs what is the difference between boost and sparkup then sparkup is a, a startup community so it's a place for startups and all entrepreneur-minded people to come together drink very good nice cup of coffee also cho- uh, hot chocolate served and also enjoy uh, the community overall share know-how uh, get to know new, new people and whatnot and basically that's the place where people come boost is more about getting people to entrepreneur-minded thinking and organizing events that most of them are held in SparkUp. Since you mentioned it, could you please tell our listeners a few things about the recent events that you held? In SparkUp last year, there were held more than 650 events. There were like the president of Iceland visited us. There were a prime minister uh, visiting, but also there was like a lot of events held by people from our community, entrepreneurs, uh, startup companies, and also um, like Young Entrepreneurship Association held there the the whole lecture of entrepreneur-minded thinking. Um, but Elias, can you tell about those events that Boost is organizing? Yeah, so uh, in the spring we had a couple of bigger events. That, for example, Startup Marathon, where st- students from different fields of study will come and, and um, mm-hmm. form teams around business ideas and then they work. Uh, on those ideas and try to validate the ideas as well uh, with the help of some professional coaches that come from Boost Network. And and also we had this Boost Confidence Cruise that it was all about like finding your 
skills, uh, recognizing your own skills and finding out what you want to do and have the courage uh, to speak about your dreams. So that was that was really nice. It was organized on a cruise ship. <laughs> you might imagine from the name. Yeah, it was sold out, old, sold out also quite fast yeah. and nicely. But basically, the combination of Boost and Spark Up is that we are organizing three times a year. Uh, these uh, accelerator programs where people can uh, apply and after that they will have a nice startup uh, business idea running and like most likely very successful also successful also and uh, after those uh, accelerator programs uh, those uh, 10 to 12 weeks they will have office for free from SparkUp so that makes the community for or startup-minded people. What would you name as a specific feature of Turku startup ecosystem? I think one of the most specific things is that we are one of the oldest in Finland overall, and also that, that makes us quite big community. Uh, we have a very strong alumni network that I love specifically, and uh, also we are very active, so a lot of events that are always open and free of charge for everyone. Yeah, I think that we have, like Johanna said, really active uh, community and uh, also uh, the alumni are like that's the re- really the strength of of Turku startup community that the alumni are they recognize that they have had a lot of help from the community themselves to, so they want to hel- help uh, the future entrepreneurs as well so mm. that's that's really nice to see and also the thing that I like that I'm a huge fan of is that we are doing a lot of networking and cooperation with the universities in the area, also the schools, so uh, high schools, and uh, also uh, entrepreneur associations. And one of the biggest ones is I mentioned is Turku Science Park that is supporting us. So we are like very well uh, co-working in Turku area. So I think that was one of the reasons that why we are so successful and uh, we have managed to run the startup scene for many, many years. Okay, since you say that you're the oldest, let's prove it with some numbers and dates. Actors in here who, who started a Turku startup scene, so I would say that 10 years is quite mm-hmm. quite accurate length of how, how long we have had this kind of startup scene. Of course, it has developed during the years and it wasn't like much of a, a scene at the at the beginning, but, but 10 years would be maybe, that's what I would say. And what comes to Spark Up and the like events held there with this brand and, and this location, we will celebrate our fourth uh, birthday next autumn. So it's quite nice. And now let's top up this background information with the addresses where those who are interested can find you. Yeah, locations as, as Spark Up, you mean, and, and also Boost Academy. So Spark Up is uh, next to the Kupitta railway station at Tykistökatu 4B. Like uh, like Johanna has explained, there's a lot of uh, different uh, organizations and different events there uh, to be seen. And you can meet people, you can just come, have a cup of coffee, meet community there. It's it's really, really nice. And, mm. and there I have to say that the best time uh, or day for that will be Thursday at 2 p.m. where we will have open doors uh, coffee break for everyone. Always also a bottle of uh, wine drill served then with one, one, one of the lucky persons participating in the coffee break. Yeah, and you can check the SparkUp Facebook page and website for for the events that are organized there. Uh, also, Boost has um, most of our events are easily seen in the Facebook page as well. 
and we'll have a lot of events at SparkUp, but also at our other location that is Boost Academy. And it's at the university campus area uh, behind the Educarium uh, Educational Sciences Building. And um, it's this old barrack. It has a nice vibe, startup vibe, mm-hmm. vibe to it. Startup mansion. Yeah. So so this is like the address is Arvitson in Katu 3B. Yes. So and the distance between uh, SparkUp and Boost Academy is less than two or three kilometers. Yeah, it's yeah. and they are really close to so 15 minutes walk or so. so. Oh, you can take uh, Föllari. It's uh, the bicycle, city bicycle. <laughs> uh, then we would take like less than five minutes. So. You have mentioned that there is this generational thing when the mature startups help and coach early stage ones. Is it a full size volunteering thing or do you push them to do it? <laughs> our tips and hints. Basically, I think uh, our community is the best for that because it's open for everyone. And by everyone, I really mean that. That, for example, last uh, actua- accelerator program called uh, Business Up that was held last spring. Uh, it's, it's held like once in once in autumn time, once in springtime, and then there's journey, a startup journey during the summertime, and uh, all of these are open for everyone. Journey is more for students and uh, Business Up and uh, spring and, and uh, autumn uh, paths are more people who are like working because they are located during the uh, after afternoons and evenings but there we had the amazing amazing situation that uh, the youngest fellow who participated were something 20 21 and the most experimented person were over 50 so that's something kind of like and they compounded very well and they became friends and also partners uh, in business life uh, after those 10 weeks Mm -hmm. that we had but basically it's a it's not about the age, it's more about the like the mental level that that the people everyone who is in this circle are interested about like new innovations, networking, startup ecosystem. So I think it's a common good that brings people to get people together and makes our events so popular and also so like widely spread the age range. Yeah. And also I have to say about the workshops, like what we have had. The the workshop topics are very interested. Uh, like interesting for for so many people and different kind of situations also let's say this will be the the biggest secret of ours is that uh, we have these short events for example uh, called teaming up or starting up that uh, last one day or like four to five hours basically where people can train their mind that hey could i be a startup entrepreneur or like entrepreneur overall what i what i will give to this community or what I will get out of it. Yeah, basically all the activities uh, besides the accelerator programs are are kind of designed to teach entrepreneurial skills and also, like Johanna said, kind of uh, give kind of this opportunity to try out like in a quick and intensive way what is an, uh, startup entrepreneurship like and uh, to test out the ideas and, and maybe get team members and mm-hmm. this type of stuff mm-hmm. so also like we are doing a lot of cooperation with shift mm-hmm. shift business business festival so i think that's one of those things that also like if someone he- hears about spark up or boost or shift in the end like after let's say a couple of months they are par- participating all those events and, and uh, networks with all these groups yeah and, and also like of course 
let's let's not uh, skip the barbecues that we are holding during the uh, booth is held uh, holding during the summertime that's something yeah we have actually almost every thursday you can check out from our facebook page but our accelerator program teams in the summer they will hold barbecues for the community and there's basically two teams always hosting the barbecue so there's some interesting activities as well as some good food so please join us there and meet the community mm-hmm. have some fun have some free beers and yes. <laughs> and barbecue stuff <laughs> yeah networking is the best while you have good food and drinks so this was the networking advice from spark up turku and boost turku uh, to make people network first give them some good food and drinks and It's not only that I'm doing the Tribecast Summer Tour, I also have some core team members of Tribe Tampere with me, and we were invited to watch today some pitching competition. Could you please open up a bit what's the event about? Well, basically, it's just like every week we will uh, train pitching uh, with our startup journey teams. Uh, so every basically every Thursday they will have pitching training, so it's a, it's about us giving them tips and feedback on their pitching. They are trying to pitch their business ideas in three minutes. Well, uh, it's about practice, a lot of practice. That's why we have always had very good pitchers in our in our startup. So it's all about practice, and that's what we are trying to do every week. Of course, the principles and fundamentals are like we teach those, but it's then it's all about like practicing the how to be on the stage, how to present, and and how to compile your slides as well mm. and also how to how to be clear enough in your message that either you get the fund either get the like potential employees interested whatnot so um, that would be also something and for that i have to say for all the listeners please visit our boost web pages and, and facebook pages but also check out the demo day the demo day will be the grand finale for whole pitching what the teams have done during the summertime and always it have been amazing well demo day will be held uh, as a pre-event of a shift and it will be it's on the on the 30th of august so it's uh, the last day of shift business festival and and it's it's like johanna said it's a side side event of shift uh, so uh, it's it's not in the business festival area but but we hold it in a different place it's sieg in sali uh, sali in turku where the demo day will take place and then we have an after party at Bore Ship Hostel mm. which which has always been <laughs> amazing amazing party so yeah but last year there were teams plus what 200 people or yeah. something yeah so now we are going for well we have a bit more teams and we are hoping for double the amount of people as well so now that it's it's uh, organized uh, during shift we are pretty confident that we have at least that 400 people there so got you thank you very much for this interview thank you thank you and we are continuing our tribecast summer tour we're still in turku and one more interview for this week We have Joel, who will represent the Turku startup ecosystem from the startup side. So first things first, hello, Joel, and please tell our listeners a few things about yourself. Absolutely. Thanks for having me today. I'm Joel George from New York, and I've been in Finland for about 12 years. I got into the startup scene here in Finland because I realized, wow, there's some amazing products here in Finland. But 
they need a little bit help getting to the big market. And due to my situation between U.S. and Finland, I felt an ideal fit for that role. So I love helping Finnish startups get to America. I know that you are part of one of the projects which is ongoing in Boost Academia in Turku. Could you please tell a few things about your participation in this one? Yeah, absolutely. We came to uh, Boost Turku because we want to leverage it to be able to launch our new product quicker. And it was ideal situation that we can get the team here Monday through Thursday and really focus on our new digital product, which will be automating our manual consulting which we is our core business at the moment. And what consulting do we do? We help Finnish companies get to America, and we like to use Kickstarter as a launch tool for them. So we're focusing on Kickstarter with Finnish companies. And the name of your company, for the record? That's Norded. Could you please then tell a few things about your team? Absolutely. I mean, I'm a huge fan of a diverse team. It's my opinion that a diverse team will outperform a lesser diverse team if the chemistry and the communication is done correctly. And how do you create the uh, correct chemistry? That's a great question. It's been a challenge. Me being the sole owner at the moment of Norded, I, I'm looking for a, a co-founder with a tech background. But me as a sole owner, I try to um, surround myself with people that I can get along with. So th- that's the start. And then I usually, before I hire anybody, I bring them into the team. And it might be an, an informal situation at a restaurant or something. And we interact. And then afterwards, I ask the potential team member, you know, is this a good fit for you? Are you going to be able to work with these people? And if they say yes, then uh, we hire them. So back back to diversity, we have, let's see, uh, one person from Iran, uh, one Finnish, one Swedish Finnish, and then uh, I'm from U.S., and we have uh, one person from Brazil. Right, but still, sometimes person is nice outside of the working atmosphere, but you don't really, you know, you cannot really work together. And on the opposite side, the person can be an amazing professional, but as soon as the work hours are out... You kind of don't want to see him till tomorrow. Yeah, I I agree with you. So, I mean, it's a little bit of gamble in the beginning, of course, but um, we try. One of my leadership styles is that I put the tasks out there and I say, okay, what are you interested in? I mean, I want the team members to do what they're interested in. I'm not here to force anybody to do anything. So what happens, people volunteer for the jobs, the parts of the project. And then whatever's left, I pick that up because I'm interested in everything in the project. And if I can't do that, I'll hire a consultant to finish that last piece. And what have you been doing before you found it, Nordit? Let's see, I'm a mechanical engineer. I went to University of Vermont in Burlington. And after that, I came to Finland because I have ancestry here. So I'm on a family trip. My grandparents went to U.S. in like 1921, Mm -hmm. and I was the only one who returned. Right. Welcome back. Yeah. And uh, I'm almost done with my MBA. I'm doing my MBA at uh, SAMC up in Rauma. So so I got an engineer and MBA background, which is uh, helpful 
in this field. I basically wanted to ask how much experience do you have with American startup ecosystem or business ecosystem? And in your opinion, what's the difference between Finland and America in this sense? Well, great question. I wish I had more experience on the U.S. side, but um, you know, I've, I've been here 10 years, so I haven't seen too much on the U.S. side. Of course, we focus a lot on a crowdfunding scene over there, so that's our window into the U.S. side. But I love to go to Silicon Valley and uh, check out what the scene is there. I'm happy for Finland because Finland appears to be in the lead, in one of the leads in Europe in the startup scene. So I feel comfortable about working in this country in regards to that respect. About crowdfunding, could you give a few advice to startup entrepreneurs or early stage startups who would like to use this source of funding? Where to start from, you know? And is it generally worth to do a crowdfunding uh, versus VC or some other more traditional type? Well, the crowdfunding is pretty cool because it's low risk to the company. Because you can get your product out there with a few thousands for the whole world to look at and give you feedback about the product. And it's a great opportunity to adjust a product, which you're not going to get that from a VC necessarily. Mm -hmm. Because the VC has its own perceptions of the product. But when the world can see it on Kickstarter, you can get some real-time feedback about it. And it is really low-risk type of endeavor because it's about pre-sales you don't have to have any product ready when you start selling it you can pre-sell your product on kickstarter it's a reward based type of platform you pre-sell your product you get the revenues and then you start manufacturing which is it has flipped the the model completely upside down it used to be you had to manufacture first and then hope that somebody will buy and also since your startup is now kind of part of the community or boost community why to join a community being a startup isn't business all about being on your own and being a rival to everybody well i have to say being a business owner is a lonely business <laughs> so i mean I, i came to um startup journey here um for the networking and for The, to be an ecosystem that can develop our product within a couple months. Because at the end of the summer, we're either going to do this new digital product and put the money on the table, or we're going to can it. So it, it's a very um, important summer for us, and it will influence what we do dramatically in the future. But uh, it's amazing network possibility here at Boost. I mean, uh, people are knocking on our doors left and right. So we're very satisfied with that. Right. So you basically believe in networking. 100%. Right. Um, what are your expectations about the pitching competition? What do you plan to learn from it? What do you plan to get from it? Well, the pitching competition really forces you to be comfortable on stage and practice your pitch because... As a startup, you have to pitch almost 24-7. Someone asks you on the street, what are you up to? What are you doing? You pitch. It may be 30 seconds or a minute, two minutes. So it's something that you, you constantly repeat. You're basically like the messiah for your, your company. 
that you're sending the same similar message over and over, daily and daily, may it be on social media, a podcast, your website, or talking to investors, talking to friends or strangers that you just met at a 4th of July barbecue. So it's it's extremely important, and um, we're looking also to see what kind of traction we get from the audience. You know, if the audience is not interested in our idea, that points at the end of the summer that maybe we shouldn't continue it. I hope that's not the case, obviously. We've been working on this project for over half a year, and we would like it to come to fruitation, but um, we also use pitching to validate it. Right. Thank you very much, Joel, for this interview, and I wish you good luck in today's pitching competition, and of course, I hope you'll enjoy the evening barbecue and all the rest of the events of today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was all for today. You have been listening to episode 22, Tribecast Rare. And let me remind you that Tribecast Rare is an independent media working in a close cooperation with Tribe Stamper community. Next week, I will provide you some interviews recorded in Tribe Stamper premises in P47 co-working space. And after that, we'll continue with Tribecast Summer Tour. And then I invite you to explore with me the Seinayoki ecosystem. And for now, I wish you all a great weekend. Stay warm and tuned. Mm-hmm.